Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal, and I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing tonight? Ah, oh, crappy. Yeah. That was a crappy game, a real bad luck game by the Oilers. Nonetheless, Vegas had some strong effort at even strength. But man, just one bad thing happened to the Oilers in that game after another, adding up to a 4-3 loss in Game 5 to the Vegas Golden Knights. And their one game from being eliminated from the playoffs, as the Toronto Maple Leafs were tonight in Toronto. feel bad for Leaf fans. Um but I think Oilers can come. Obviously, the Oilers can can come back in this series. They were um, they played well tonight, but not well enough to win. Bruce, this is our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast because it was a loss. We'll go with two bad things each. What is your good thing? Yeah, so. I'm going to go with the uh, play of <clears throat> Brett Kulak. I liked his game tonight a lot. Uh, of course, his role was increased due to the suspension of Darnell Nurse, who the Oilers really missed in this game, in my opinion. Uh, uh, he played 20 minutes and 15 seconds, of which he played just at even strength, seven and a half minutes with CC, uh, five and a half minutes with the Harney, uh, two and a half minutes with Bouchard. And so all three, he saw plenty of time with all three of the right shot defensemen. As Edmonton kind of went with a 5D uh, rotation and and Broberg spotted in very occasionally and he had a bit of a rough night with uh, two penalties and just six minutes of ice time. Um, but uh, I just I liked um, Kulak's compete. Uh, he made a couple of really great defensive plays, stick lifts and stuff to uh, break up dangerous chances. There was one two on one where he stood up to Jack Eichel and took the puck off of him. That was impressive. And uh, he, uh, you know, he broke even on the shot shares. He didn't get any shots of any description himself, but he was uh, uh, certainly involved in the transitioning of the puck. And I thought he rose to the occasion of what was a pretty tall order for him. Yeah, I thought I, um, let me just see what I, I've done the game grades tonight. So on those, those uh, on the nights when I do the game grades, I find that I'm a little bit uh, still distracted from, yeah. Grading the grading the game in real time and yeah. tracking mm-hmm. the score, all the scoring chances and and uh, it's hard to do it all. I was I did that last Saturday and it took uh, uh, yeah it took a long time to get it all sorted out. I thought Kulak was good, Bruce, except mm-hmm. on the PK. Yeah, I thought that's okay. where they I thought that's where they missed Darnell Nurse quite a bit. The most, yeah, yeah. That uh, mm-hmm. and this is what I was worried about that they were going to get a ton of penalties against Vegas. And that would be the one area that if they were going to miss Nurse, they were really going to miss him there. Mm-hmm. And um, that was um, exactly what happened, I thought. The only play I didn't like from Kulak, he did make one bad pinch, I think, in the second. And then mm-hmm. as they were coming mm-hmm. back on the play, he tri- for some reason, I think he, he tripped up Hyman mm-hmm. uh, on the rush. He was maybe trying to push him in the back to give him that roller roller derby boost in speed but uh, anyway something happened and it, and it allowed it made for a dangerous uh, shot from uh, Vegas but I agree I thought he was solid in the game and uh, played well the, the defenseman that I liked best was Cody Cece I thought Cece was, had his most his best game of the playoffs 
Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe the best order is D-Man in this game. At home, I thought was pretty darn good, too. Um, CC kept a clean sheet at even strength. No mistakes on the penalty kill yet that we've tracked in our early assessments. So, but uh, yeah, Kulak, CC, and Ekholm were all uh, pretty decent in this one for sure. Yeah, yeah, I always pick CC to be honest because he did a little more offensively with uh, four shot attempts, and he was more trying to get involved in the part of the game uh, where he was, you know, rushing and getting involved and yeah, trying to. Uh, I guess do some of the stuff that Nurse usually does. I don't know. Anyway, he uh, was effective, but unfortunately, he's not a good shooter. And he's, you know. He's not. He, he scored in game number two of the season. And since then, it's been, uh, for him, I think 78 playoff, or regular season games and now 11 in the playoffs. So 89 games without a goal. Ouch. Yeah. Could have used one tonight. Um. I'm going to just, my my good thing tonight is going to be Connor McDavid. In particular, the um, the first power play goal. And I'll, I'll get to that, but I just want to, I'll just highlight some of the other stuff he did. He threw some hard hits. He was mm-hmm. continually coming back on the back check to make strong plays, including stopping a breakaway from William Car- Carlson late in the third. Um, he was forechecking. Um, he... he on that early power play in the third period, the four-minute play after an absolutely brutal boarding call, uh, game misconduct on Keegan Colasar, which deserves a suspension as well as the hit. We'll see if that happens or not. Um, on Matthias Ekholm, the owner's got a five-minute uh, power play. He scored just an incredible goal rushing the puck in, uh, past two Vegas defenders. He puts it on net, and then with his incredible hand-eye coordination, he puts in the rebound. You know, just essentially willing his team and with with his talent as well, getting his team back in the game, making it four three. And I thought the orders at that point were going to come were going to come back, but uh, Vegas is a strong defensive team, and you have to give them credit for that. I mean, the orders had a lot of bad luck tonight, but um, Vegas also created their own win with strong defensive play, and they shut the orders down significantly in the third period after that. But the the most sublime uh, moment of the game and for the Oilers, like the one really great moment came in the, their first power play. I think it was their first. Um, they had the puck 87 seconds Nugent, after Nugent Hopkins picks it up in the neutral zone and puts it to Bouchard, who puts it to McDavid, who rushes it in for their first chance of the sequence, first shot. They, they controlled the puck for 87 seconds in total, Bruce. There was 28 passes in that sequence and five shots. It 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 ends up uh, with Nuge firing from the high slot. It's deflected. It goes to McDavid at the side of the net, and he puts it in. But the passing, the puck retrieval, you know, using the point, continually putting it back to Bouchard was sublime. It was one of the greatest moments of the greatest power play in NHL history, um, that goal. Of course, orders all of their goals this game came on the power play and um it's, it's that's great but it's hard mm-hmm. to score four power play goals in a game maybe you're going to get three but are you going to get four um maybe not a eh, bruce yeah. maybe not yeah well edmonton went uh uh three for three on uh a power play tonight 
scored on both their two-minute power plays and on their five-minute one. And Vegas went one for seven at five on four and one for one at five on three. So it was a huge disparity in opportunities in this game. Granted, one of Edmonton's was five minutes, but also granted one of Vegas was four minutes. And, of course, they got that absolutely massive two-man advantage that turned this game around in the second period. And I think you're going to get into that a little bit later. So I will bite my tongue for now. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. There's lots to be unhappy about with this game. Just, Mm -hmm. Just compounding bad luck. And, you know, the start of the game was compounding bad luck and Vegas at even strength, outplaying the orders. Okay, um, let's move on to our bad things. What's your first one, Bruce? Yeah, uh, I'm going to pick out Matthias Janmark for having a particularly tough night. Uh, he played tonight, Matthias Janmark played four minutes and 56 seconds, four minutes in 56 seconds, during which he was on the ice for one of the Vegas goals and in the penalty box for two Vegas goals. So three of the four goals, he was not, you know, in the right place. And I, honestly, the one the one goal, I mean, he and uh, um, Bukestad, I see we trimmed them both with a... Uh, 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 with an error on the uh, first goal. So he was actually involved in that uh, uh, specific play as well. And he allowed the outside shot and Bugstad mm-hmm, was supposed right. to take Eichel at the net. And then, of course, Eichel bowls over Skinner. And Eichel sp- takes Skinner instead. And <sighs> so I don't know, like, Bruce, is that a goal? Like, like oh. Skinner's out of the crease, come on. He wasn't out of he wasn't out of the crease. He was on the edge of the crease. The skate-on-skate contact that I saw was just inside the blue paint and Louis DeBrusque went said it was inside the blue paint and then when they called it a good goal he reversed himself and said it was all outside the blue paint but I thought Eichel got away with a lot in this game Jack Eichel got away with a lot of stuff in this game and uh, drew a couple of penalties and uh, uh, anyway he had a great game Jack Eichel but he also got away with a lot of stuff and that's frustrating. But uh, anyway, that uh, uh, that line was out barely at all, and they got scored on. And uh, most importantly, they got scored on like 50 seconds after Edmonton took the lead. They gave it back one-to-one. All three games Edmonton's lost, David. This could be my number. I've got others. They've scored first and given up the tying goal within two minutes, and in two of the games within one minute have taken the lead. And it's been a constant problem all series that they score and they just can't hold it or can't consolidate. And then in the second period, Vegas scored and they scored again within 29 seconds and they scored again within 60 seconds. So again, we had a case where this time Edmonton couldn't, could first time they couldn't consolidate, second time they couldn't stop the bleeding. And that was all of the Vegas goals. Yeah. Bruce, my uh, first bad thing is a penalty call, which has been already roundly criticized. It was criticized by the Sportsnet panel, by right. Kelly Haruti and Kevin Bieksa. They both um, noted the, thing, the things that I'm about to note. Of course, uh, Bob Stauffer uh, got <laughs> mad at it on Twitter. Yeah, um, well, rightly so. But, but Bruce, this is, uh, it was incompetent roughing. And and it's and it's and it's just the classic incompetent race. Right? It's, it's a ref not trusting his partner. 
yep. in a really kind of egregious 100%. way. If I was the other referee, I'd be in the dressing room saying, "What the heck did? What the heck were you doing, Steve Kazari?" Making my call. I yeah, saw so, it, and it wasn't a penalty. And then so you called it from a mile away. Stretch Sorry, pass to Eichel. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay, Bruce. Um, it's a stretch pass to Jack Eichel, and Philip Broberg's out there trying to cover him, and mm-hmm. and he does. You know, there. I think there is a penalty on Broberg there. He gets mm-hmm. two hands on Eichel, but he gets a stick in there, and Eichel grabs his stick, yeah. and he holds his stick the whole yeah. time. Yeah. And the ref, the ref. So there's a ref down there. It's Stephen. Five Lee. feet away. Uh, Chris, Lee. Ref, Chris Lee. Chris Lee. They're they're facing Chris Lee. He's five feet right away. He can see what's happening. He's watching this the whole time, and he's thinking that is a soft. Yeah. That is two guys battling hard, both cheating, and <laughs> I'm going to let it go. That's and yeah. it, that's playoff hockey. And what does Kazari do? Way out in the in the center ice with his these players' backs to him. He says, oh, uh-huh. I know better than my partner, Lee, who's down there watching this. I can see things he can't see because I'm so much further away and I'm so much smarter than he is. You know, the number one rule of refereeing that we hear again and again and again is don't let the players decide it. Don't decide the game yourself. And that's what he did with with a not trusting his partner and an mm-hmm. incompetent call. I'm sure in refer- any kind of basic refereeing school, they'd say, don't do that. That's let you. He's down there for a reason. You're out here for a reason, and he called it. And and then so it's listen. It is just a penalty. There's lots of penalties. It's not why the Oilers lost the game, but then the bad luck compounds. Then Janmark um, tries to make a play on the puck. He hits Eichel's stick, and he his stick deflects up and hits Eichel in the face, and now it's a five on three. So there's two like like. One terrible call by the refs, and then one bad luck moment for Janmark and the Oilers, and now it's a five-on-three, and the game's 2-2. And I'll just segue right into my second bad thing now. There's still a power play that's going on. And who does Jay Woodcroft send out? Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. You've just been scored on. It's 2-2. You've got to kill off the rest of this power play. And I don't mind either Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisettle, although I'm not thrilled with, honestly, with Leon Dreisettle on the PK. I don't think he's the best guy. One of the, he, I don't think he's in the, in the top six for the orders at this point. McDavid is because of how he changes things, but he sends out both at the same time. And what happens immediately? Vegas rushes the puck in right through Leon, who's playing, you know, waves at waves at the other player as he's going by, doesn't make the play. And then there's a bad luck play where the shot goes off McDavid, deflects off McDavid. And um, it's deposited in the net. And I just, I don't like, I just didn't like the the decision by by Woodcroft on the play to have both those forwards out there at, the, at that moment where you really need to stop them from scoring. And you don't need a shorthanded goal because you're 2-2. Two, two. No. So I think that was on the coach personally. Mm-hmm. And um, that's my other bad thing. Yeah, they were going for it a little bit. And I mean, people have been talking about McDavid's excellent record of goals for and against on the penalty kill. And so he put both of them out there. But uh, Leon got beat on the zone entry, which is, I mean, zone entries happen on power plays. But he did get beat on a nice move by the guy coming in one-on-one on him. But uh, that was kind of a really crappy bounce on that goal. It it, it was. It was. It was like it's not... Bounced right, right to might, the guy, right on the edge of the crease, and he tapped it in. Might have been nothing uh, that you know to do with the, the players on. It's just a, it's mm-hmm. one of these things. But Leon did 
get beat on the rush end. Like, and, um, well, 29 maybe, seconds later, all of a sudden it's 3-2, and the Oilers had had two leads that they couldn't hold, and Vegas had one lead that they did hold, and that's yeah. kind of a big difference in this game. It really was, Bruce. And so, so mm-hmm. in a way, like, none of this, the Oilers can still come back and win this game, right? It's just yep. 3-2. They've got the most high-powered offense in the NHL, and there's all kinds of um, opportunities, all kinds of time left to score. All right, um, what's your second bad thing? Yeah, I'm going to go with the late shift in the third period with the Oilers trailing by a goal with like three minutes to go in the third period, almost down to goalie pull time. And they put out their, because I've now stacked Connor and Leon on the first line, they put out their their second line of Nugent Hopkins with Yamamoto and Hyman. Three pretty good players, you think. And those guys spent a minute and 40 seconds losing battle after battle after battle in their own end of the ice. They never won possession of the puck at all. And it was just, they, they were still, they were doing the one-on-one thing, but Vegas was just having the puck and nobody was ever like checking the guy with the puck. They never, you know, it seemed at a certain point, somebody's got to take a risk out there and double team somebody and cause cause you know something to change the flow of play which is going precisely nowhere it was almost half of the remaining time on the clock that these guys uh, that these guys were out there and the puck was in their zone for the entire time and on vegas sticks for the almost the entire time when they finally got it and yamamoto got it in the slot with room to move it up he coughed it up i I mean make a damn play you know Seriously, like you've been out there that long and you can't even dump it out and race to the bench so that somebody better than you can come out and take over. So, because that was just horrid. And I mean, the clock's just tick, 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 tick. And I'm going, you know, we're never going to touch the puck again, let alone get a shot, let alone score. And I I just thought that was a pretty weak effort from, uh, from top players of the orders at a time that they needed way better. They needed somebody to get their, you know, roll up their sleeves and win the puck. And none of them could. And when they finally did win it, they just fumbled the, the exit. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, if the Oilers go out, Bruce, in this uh, playoffs, the even mm-hmm. strength play of those three guys is going to be mm-hmm. mentioned. And and you know what? Like, Kyler Yamamoto, like, uh-huh. well, Costin only played 331. Like, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Like, why not put Costin out there for a couple shifts instead of him? Oh, well, because to me, Costin was terrible. And the little bit that he played, he wasn't skating. He wasn't hitting. He just was one of those games where he just wasn't engaged at all. And other games, he's been all over. But this game, it showed early. But Yamamoto, I mean, this is Kyler Yamamoto. Played lots of minutes on the top six tonight. And he wound up with a minus one where he was part of the triple screen on the goalie on the floater that's by Nicholas Haig that turned out to be the game winner. I mean, come on. So he was part of the, the that. He took a real lame penalty of 200 feet from his own net. And he had the following totals for shots. Uh, zero shots, zero shots that were blocked, zero shots that missed the net. So zero attempts of any kind in 12 and a half minutes. Zero hits. So what's he doing out there? Maybe time to put in Dylan Dylan Holloway, man. Well, uh, I mean, what's he doing out there? Like, you got to have better than that. I mean, and this this is a guy now who's like a five, six-year veteran, depending on how you count the years. And, I mean, they had three veterans out for that long shift, but he was a big part of the problem there. And 
you know, there's just <clears throat> too many nights where where you just don't get anything at all out of that position, and it's uh, yeah, they scored like it's painful in a one goal loss. They scored two goals on the Californian, Bruce. Throw on the puck at the net, and they go in, yeah. which is a good play. Like, it's not a bad play. Sometimes they go in, but it's, man, that, that like, Skinner threw up his arms, mm-hmm. um, and he got heck from the panel. The, the, you know, um, he might have been mad at himself in that one. But on the other hand, three guys screening him, Yamamoto, oh. Eckholm, and Bouchard, all screened him. He didn't see mm-hmm. the puck. Yeah. None of them blocked it. It's just one of those, like... No, and he, he didn't block it either. And he didn't and block it, it, it either. That, yeah, it's these people that go overboard saying, well, you know, he's showing up his teammates by doing that. How he's many times frustrated. have you seen a guy that he just can't see it, he doesn't know what's happening, and all of a sudden there it is in the net, and he goes, well, I don't know what happened. It's just a shrug. You know, it's not like, oh, you screwed up, and you screwed up, and you no, he didn't up. point his finger or slash yeah, him or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah he didn't do that. I thought that was a bit of an Smith. overstatement. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that panel is, they, they, they kind of aggravate me sometimes. And uh, I got to say, Louis DeBrusque, man, oh, man, will he ever take the order side again on any play? It's like, I'm on national now. I really have to go overboard to 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 be fair to the other team and it's just like las vegas las vegas come on louie you know i mean I, i'm actively getting angry at him during the broadcast a couple of games lately and i've just been so busy i don't really listen to them too much i'm so like the last two games yeah. i've graded both of them so i'm not really focused on that but i i like you're critical crit- focused on i'm just hearing the stuff between the plays and i'm going yeah oh, well you're, there's you're two crit- ways to look at that and i mean there's the vegas way your way and there's also you know anyway and i'm probably overreacting to it and it's maybe more balanced than i realize but uh well, your critique of the Eichel yeah. goal was fair, Bruce. You know, if he if he initially says this contacts in the crease and then he changes his mind, um, he did. Yeah, the only thing I could think of with the Eichel goal is the sh- initial shot hits Eichel and goes off him towards Skinner, mm-hmm. and maybe that changes things. But it seemed to me like there was quite a bit of it, that call easily could have been called back <laughs> put it that way. But you know, what would they say to Jack? Um. um <laughs> Where are we, Bruce? Well, I got I another bad just, thing. Yeah, you got another bad thing. No, I no, no, I did both mine. I, I segued to my second bad thing. There was just so many bad things in that game. You know, I have to, one thing that's going to come up, Jack Campbell looked as good as he's looked, um, sharp mm-hmm. as he looked all year. Do you think he's going to get the start? Like for the first time, I think he might. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a real possibility. Just to sh- he might. He He looked good. So, I mean, it's not like Skinner looked bad, but he, he did. I think the critique of him on the stone um, uh, goal was fair by the by the um, panel. Kelly Hurdy said, you know, you could char- charge out on that one as stone, stone gets the pass. And I've noticed this on a few shots down low. Like Skinner does seem to hang back on those shots instead of aggressively going after them. And it's almost like that's, it's not, it's a feature, not a bug. That he does that, it's almost like he's holding his position because that's what they think is best instead of aggressively going for the puck. But we've seen this same kind of goal two or three times mm-hmm. against Skinner. Um, I think Deneau got one. And um, anyway, Skinner yes. wasn't Skinner wasn't great. He's not he's not using his paddle to help him yeah. in, the, in the blue paint to that's cut a, out passes to to cut out guys trying to 
charge right into the blue paint as Stone did on that uh, uh, five-on-three goal. Like, yeah. you've only got three defenders. I mean, the goalie's got to help himself at some point. I, and, but I thought. I didn't see, you know, he's got a... He's got to hammer that puck. Like he can't let that guy do that. So I just that was a fair critique of um, of uh, Skinner's play on that one. I think by Kelly Haruti. Bruce, um, what's your number? Yeah, I'm going to go with this whole row of numbers from this game. This is both teams in all situations. This was a close game, and Edmonton had 58 to 52 of the shot attempts. So 53% of the shot attempts, 53% of the unblocked shot attempts, 52% of the shots on goal, 53% of the scoring chances, 52% of the high danger chances, 53% of the expected goals, and wait for it, 43% of the actual goals. Like they won every category just by this little little bit, right? Like they ha- actually had the the slight balance in the flow of play. Yeah. And it just come down to you know one bounce here, one bad bounce there, or one call from a thousand feet away there. We had Vegas <clears throat> with our numbers, which you have yet to go over. We actually had yeah. Vegas so with seventeen mm-hmm. grade A shots yeah. on net, and the owners with thirteen, and Vegas with eight five alarm shots, and the owners with just seven. So, um, you know, that, that's, that could change after you do your review of it, but, um, I changed by much. Yeah. Um, it was pretty even, like even our numbers are pretty even essentially, but Bruce, my numbers, there's one number where it wasn't that even, and this is why the Oilers lost the game. This is really why they lost the game. They lost the game again, like they've lost other games in this series because Vegas is a better even strength team than Edmonton. And it's only in one game, game four, that the Oilers have been the better even strength game. Mm-hmm. But this time Vegas had seven grade A shots to five for the Oilers at even strength. And the subset of five alarm shots, three for Vegas and zero for oh. Edmonton. Edmonton did not have one really great grade A shot at even strength all game long and that is not good enough and what we saw the difference in this game was i think in in game four the orders got in there and they hammered vegas they hit and they hit and they hit they played that game they didn't play tentatively they weren't hanging back maybe they were afraid of getting penalties this game well they got Um, them anyway they might as well have done some hitting while they were at it yeah, this game, they just didn't get their hitting game going. And if they don't get their hitting game going in game six, and if they don't play better at even strength, the Oilers could easily lose the game. The Oilers must win. If they win the even strength battle against Vegas, they will win the game. And they're not. And they didn't this game. And that's why they lost this game. More than any, not more than anything else. There was a lot of bad luck for the Oilers in this game. There was bad luck. There was one really bad call. But Vegas was the superior even strength team. And that's why the Oilers couldn't come back in the third period. Even though McDavid scored early, you know, Edmonton got after that. They got a, you know, an okay backhand shot by Evander Kane. Um, they got Evan Bouchard's great shot off the post, but that was from outside. Um, he, he just drilled. Yeah, he just drilled that. But that's it. That uh, mm-hmm. Oh, McDavid, excuse me. McDavid um, came in and cut in quick off the wing and got a quick shot with good hands. 
Um, so they had three grade A shots after McDavid's goal in those 17 minutes. That's not going to cut it. And not and one none of them. in the last six them, minutes, right? And none in the last six. And none of them was a five alarm shot. None of them was a great scoring chance. No. Give, you know, this is like the moment where you give, I have to give Vegas credit. Heading into the series, their you know, fans and pundits were talking about what, what a great even strength team this was against the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. It's proven to be true. Vegas is dominated at even strength. And um, if, the, if the Oilers lose, that will be the story of this series. And let's not forget that Vegas had uh, uh, missed their number one defenseman in this game. So did the Oilers, but yeah. But, Peter yeah, but, but when you're talking about them defending the Oilers, they were missing their number one. Uh, and the Oilers, all their top offensive players were there. Yeah. And they couldn't break through. What was the power play time on ice in that game then in the end? Uh, tonight's power play time on ice was 7.34 for the Oilers. And 9.47 for the Golden Knights. So fairly even. Well, sorry. The Oilers really four, needed... Four to three, but yeah. Yeah, the Oilers really needed to score. The game score. The Oilers, the really Oilers needed, needed to score five power play goals on their three power plays. <laughs> so it's really the power play's fault because they only got one goal in that five-minute power play. They should have scored four or five in there, really. I was hoping they'd score two. That's for sure. I was hoping they'd score ten after that hit. Yeah, Honestly. that was what an asshole play by Colasar. Totally, like yeah, it's just an that's asshole. Play. Filthy, it really and, is. And, and, and he and comes laying on the ice, and the blood's pouring down, and he's going, "What do I do?" Yeah, just ran the guy face first into the glass. That's all he did. Anyway, you think he'll get suspended, Bruce? I don't think it matters, David. I mean, it's not like we're talking about a top player here, but uh, maybe he'll get a game. But then again, the NHL set its new standards that you can uh, open season uh, on Oilers. Open season, I mean, yeah. So I, I wonder. I wonder if Dreisaitl's, um was 100 percent in this game. He did not have a very particularly good game for him. And uh, you know, yeah, his arm might have been mighty sore. You know yeah. what? It's it, it. So there was a lot of reaction. Mm-hmm. And I was surprised, Bruce, but in city after, if in NHL city after city, the commentators, pundits, bloggers, like people who are, you know, write, talking, writing about the game, almost every single one of them said that was a bad joke from the NHL, giving Peter Angelo one game for that play. It, it was almost unanimous, except mm-hmm. for Dallas Akins, who is apparently part of the Peterborough Mafia with uh, Colin Campbell and, um, and, and King. Ah. So that okay. he was a dissenting voice. I think there was one other, uh, but oh, was it was there just two? there was a guy Kevin Kurtz. <laughs> wasn't, very da- wasn't very damn many. No, he said only one just, game. And most people were outraged by the uh-huh. fact that Peter Angelo only got one game. Like it, it was, it, it is ridiculous. And that Nurse got one game for engaging with a guy who'd been trying to go at it with him all all game long, and that game, like sitting back in retrospect and looking back at that. I'm not happy with those refs from last game, right? They knew what was going on out in that ice last game. They could easily have given Nurse, they could have called two minutes each and ten misconduct. They could have called two for roughing, five for fighting. They know the rules. And they're saying, okay, this guy that's play, you know, a veteran, we give veterans the calls, but if he's Darnell Nurse and he's played six or 700 games in this league and he's played his ass off and he's about to play one of the most important games of his career, let's screw him and just 
call a penalty that means an automatic suspension for nothing. Uh, yeah. The league, there was two other penalties in the, the in the league this year. I mean, I guess this means the rule is working. Two um, uh, instigating penalties in the last five minutes with the automatic penal, uh, misconduct, both were rescinded. And yet this one, they couldn't rescind it. They, you know, they couldn't call it differently in the first place. And I just don't think they, they, that, uh, honestly, that's not a lot of respect from the refs towards the player. Yeah, maybe you'll disagree with me, listeners, but uh, uh, I've seen a lot of, a lot of other guys get the, get the borderline call where, you know, I mean, I, automatic I agree with suspension you. for that, really. Yeah, I agree with you on the call on the ice. Once it's called... Mm-hmm. Um, then they, yeah, but they, they rescinded called, the other two. Well, once it's called, I think you, I don't know what the circumstances of the other two were, Bruce. Oh. This, this was, Nurse was looking for this fight. They you both could say, were. You could say the other guy was too. So yeah, that's why the call on the ice he is He accepted wrong. the fight and he threw the yeah. first seven punches. The, the call I mean, on the yeah, ice Yeah, some wrong. instigator. Yeah. I guess they could have let it go because the call on the ice was wrong. And, they're, they're, <sighs> and then they give Peter Angelo one game. Yeah, this is looking, yeah, we are setting our, we are heading towards a bitter taste in our mouth like we had after the Anaheim series, Bruce, mm-hmm. yeah. um, this series. But you know what? The orders can, obviously the orders can come back and win this series. They just got to win two in a row. Still games to play. Yeah, yeah. They had to win two in a row at some point in this series since the beginning, and now it has to be the next two. No more well, excuses. I think they can I think they can, I think they can but. Uh, yeah. Not much margin for error, and as we saw tonight, a bouncer to the puck and takes care of that. What we do know is last year they came from behind 3-2 to win a series. Yeah. And they've got uh, so they've got some experience in that uh, in that respect. As Mark Messier would say, we've got them just where we want them. All right, Bruce, let's let's leave it there. Thank you for talking tonight. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.